Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast, the unsuccessful podcast of Josh and Cindy as I am still alive and we are entering year two. Uh, This is the brood edition. This is David David Cronenberg month, so... uh, Last week we watched Shivers, yes. which was not gory, but it was a little, I believe I described it as it was a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to yeah, take in. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, what's been going on in our life since then? Uh, not much. My uh, voice is almost normal. It's not scratchy. Work has been frustrating, and yeah. I currently have a migraine. Oh. We're doing this on the power of a Josh migraine right now. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> trying to be as high energy as I can. Yay! Because I am excited to talk about David Cronenberg, yet it feels like uh, someone is running a knife through the left side of my head right now. To be fair, I am running a knife through the left side of his uh, head right fair. now. Fair. So, this week, what are we watching for David Cronenberg? Week two of five. He gets five weeks. Um. So, we're doing... Arguably the greatest horror film about a divorce and child custody. The Brood. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's not not without my daughter with Sally Field. Uh, nope. It would be The Brood. So All right. Written and directed by David Cronenberg. What year did this come out? Nineteen seventy nine. <laughs> the year I was born. Yay. So what was going on that year other than my mom creating me? So you were born the I same was. year as The Brood. I was born Which Christmas is Eve. The same year um, that the Skylab c- crashed back into Earth, <laughs> that Idi Amin took over Uganda. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or no, sorry, that was is the year he was deposed in Uganda. Thank you. Um, but the Ayatollah Khomeini took over in Iran. Well, in uh, <laughs> uh, ESPN launched in 1979. Thank God. It would only be yeah. a short 20 years later before the first child named Espen would be born. Mm. And Michael Jackson releases Off the Wall, his big breakthrough record Ooh. as a solo artist. Um, just a few things to get you good and riled up and angry if you're listening to this in your car. Um, the average cost of a new house in 1979 was $58,000. Mm-hmm. The average yearly income was about seventeen thousand five hundred, which not too is, far off from a West Virginia teacher's base salary, uh, or actually a little higher than what most people in West Virginia make on average in a year. Yep. Still, uh, monthly rent was about two hundred eighty dollars. Gas ran about eighty six cents. It's good to know that when I tell people, <laughs> I usually say West Virginia. It's West Virginia, so it's like nineteen eighty three here. Good to know it's not. It's nineteen seventy nine. A the average cost of a an Atari was one hundred ninety nine dollars. Ooh, well, and people complain about Xbox. Yeah, here it says uh, I found a number, and it seems crazy to me, but apparently in nineteen seventy nine you could buy a Toyota Corolla for a little under four grand. Yeah, I'm sure that's correct. Oh, welcome to two thousand twenty, <laughs> where I just bought a new car a few months ago. For well over that amount. Welcome to 2020 when it just might. when just getting a root canal with insurance costs about the same as a Toyota Corolla brand new from 79. Wow, we fucked up. Yeah. We, we fucked up somewhere along the way. I know. 
Talk to me about names associated with this. So wait, so what movie are we watching anyway? We're watching... I love how short your attention span is. (laughs) The Brood. I'm focused on it. (laughs) Tell me about names associated with The Brood. Um, I I wanted to say The Hood, and I was like, that's not right. He's going to make fun of me. Good to know you'll make fun of me either way. um, Yeah, so like I said, written and directed by David Gunnenberg. Another person I want to talk about that worked on this movie, this is the first collaboration with stop uh, Howard Shore the composer who would do every Cronenberg movie after this except for The Dead Zone is he famous Howard Shore did the scores for Lord of the Rings and the Twilight movies and he's like a big composer who I'm pretty sure has won multiple Oscars like he is a well sought out composer Mm -hmm. who works with David Cronenberg for every single movie are they just personal friends? They are or friends, they, and, and they, they work very yeah. and they work very well together. Yeah. Um, okay, so the scores should the scores the score should be awesome. So when we talk about like professional Cronenberg movies, there's Shivers, which we watched last week, then Rabid, which right. is the second film, and then this is technically his third professional film. And we're not watching and Rabid. Why? Because I just want to make sure we hit the important things. Okay, got it. Um, well, I know like we're not doing The Fly because it's going to come up. Yeah, and Rabbit will probably come up later. I just want to kind of get through the bulk of his career. I don't want to hit certain movies. And I think The Brood is important because it says a lot about who David Cronenberg is as a person. Okay. But this is the first movie to me that not only looks, but because of Howard Shore, sounds like a David Cronenberg film. Like, this is the first film of his that, like... It all comes together in my brain in a way that I'm like, oh, this is David Cronenberg. Right? Okay. um, The cast has someone that you have seen before. Okay. Tell me who. Oliver Reed. Do you remember Oliver Reed? I remember the name. Oliver Reed was the lead In? in The Curse of the Werewolf. Remember the... English werewolf oh. movie that took place in Spain. Oh. And he was, <laughs> was like, he had the oddly big, colorized bow tie, yes. and he's like, well, I'm a father. He's like, in this movie? Is he a very old man? Uh, no, he's not a very old man, but he is middle-aged, and he's a uh, psychiatrist in this? Psychiatrist, psychologist, I can never remember the difference. Psychiatrist can prescribe prescription medications. They're an MD as well, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Samantha Egger is in this. Uh, she got the part because we talked about this last week being David Cronenberg's um, Kramer versus Kramer. So David Cronenberg. Oh yeah. Well, so tell me about leading that. into this movie. I think 1979, the Best Picture winner was Kramer versus, versus Kramer. Kramer. <laughs> uh, this is a this is the better movie of the two. I always know that because people give me, you know, you get the on the year you were born. Yeah, mine was birthday Gandhi. cards. <laughs> Mine was Gandhi, just on it out there, 82. Mine was Kramer versus Kramer, and I've been married and divorced a lot. So I guess it maybe says something. So Cronenberg wrote this movie. He wrote this movie following his divorce and hardcore child custody battle with his first wife, Margaret Henson. I've never had that, so I'll give um, you that. He stated that Samantha Egger, who plays the mom in this, reminded him of his wife, and she had similar traits, which is what helped her get cast. Okay. Um, so, and this is also the closest thing to a traditional, I mean, it's definitely a Cronenberg movie, but, like, this is the closest thing to a traditional Horror. Oscar movie. Okay. Because Cronenberg 
was super not happy with the custody battle that he had to go through to make sure that he and that was in Canada. Imagine life. if it was in America. Yeah, um, but especially in the seventies, it was just give it to the kids, go to the wife. The wife. Samantha Egger is. Is that was, in any way related to Mich- to what no, Nicole Egger? No, no, I don't okay. think so. Uh, she was Miranda Gray in the Collector, but she's also the voice of Hera in Hercules, the cartoon movie. Neat. Which has another. David Cronenberg alum missed in it. Who? James Woods. Oh, James Woods is a Cronenberg James Woods. kid. Oh, uh, James Woods is the star of possibly the best movie we'll watch this James month. Woods is also Crazy. an idiot conservatist, so, I mean, whatever. Uh, so, this movie also has Art Hindle. Okay. Who, play, uh, who was Ted Jarvis in Porky's. Because Porky's... <laughs> I guess I would know... A Canadian movie. Face. Yeah, I knew that. Kim Cattrall is a Canadian. He was Chris Hayden in Black Christmas. Also Canadian. From the same guy who directed Porky's. And I believe the same guy who directed A Christmas Story directed all three of those movies. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. In Um, my heart, I'm Canadian. Did you know that? And it has nothing to do with politics. That doesn't count. (laughs) It has nothing to do with politics. When I was a little kid, uh, I was a Nickelodeon kid. Uh, Hardcore. Like, I didn't have cartoons and things i had live action canadian broadcasting so hardcore just because you watched a bunch of do south doesn't mean you're canadian <laughs> no i watched today's special and pinwheels play hours of pinwheels playhouse and yeah i love me some canadian entertainment uh this this movie is cindy hines Ooh, right? how does she spell her name c-i it was her film debut she's eight years old she plays their child. She would go on to work with um, Cronenberg again in The Dead Zone, which is a movie we are going to say for Stephen King month. But yeah, this is um, this a is child a... custody... Gone wrong. Divorce movie through the eyes of David Cronenberg in horror. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> so this yeah. is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster, and I try to discern meaning and plot and some... Key symbolism from it. All okay. right, let's see what we got. It um, has never worked. I'm just going to tell you this. Is it another lady's vajayjay? Is it a George O'Keefe painting? So the tagline for this movie was the ultimate experience of inner terror. And keeping with that Cronenberg theme, right? I do not like this poster, but there you go. Oh, let me see. It looks like, is it supposed to be a human heart? No, I think that's supposed to be... Uh, okay, so there are two hands that are like coming through, like a. It looks like a human heart, but maybe it's a pumpkin or like a ball, maybe some like a bubble. I'll give you a hint. Child. Baby. Oh, okay. Oh, so is this about an evil kid? Samantha Egger isn't related to Nicole Egger. It's the wrong spell. It hurts Eckert. Uh, okay. So. Evil baby? Is this like a Rosemary's Baby situation? I'm getting a blank stare. I just want to remind you of last week. David Cronenberg does not believe in monsters. Okay, so it wouldn't be the devil. The devil. Would it be... uh, I don't know. But However, this is the closest to a traditional... So that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say this is a Cronenberg spin on... Like a Rosemary's Baby situation, like an evil child, or 
a really psychologically fucked up kid or something like that. That's what I'm going to say it's about. All right, let's go find out. Uh, uh, where can we watch this? You said this is a Criterion? This is streaming on the Criterion channel. Um, if you got it, which I do. I've been a member since day one. Um, I got a little metal thank you for joining card from them a few months ago. It's like a little Aww. membership card from being a day one member. Humble brag. Humble um, brag. <laughs> this, is a, this was released on Blu-ray by Criterion. But I'm sure you can also get it through Amazon. Okay. I mean, it's it's worth a watch. I'm not going to tell you. Is this, this is... a really popular movie? Would it be on, like, Shudder? No. Okay. I mean, it's popular, but it's not going to be on Shudder. I, I think Criterion has streaming rights to it, so I don't think it's going to oh, be that makes sense. anywhere other than maybe Amazon where you got to pay for it. But it's worth a watch. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna tell you this is, like, this is the best movie of the month. And if you're going to watch one, it should be this one. This is a good movie. I think you are going to either really like this movie or really hate it. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of in-between on this one with you. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. So, we shall see. I'm excited to watch this one with you. So... Hopefully you're excited to watch all of them with me, sir. I was not excited to watch last week's with you. Oh, that, yeah, we talked about that. started and I was like, oh, there's so much. It's going to make her upset. For sex in this movie, I'm not comfortable watching this with you. I'm not comfortable with those things. Um, But yeah, a significant, a way less amount of for sex in this movie. (laughs) Way Way less. Way less. So that should make things a little more comfortable. Just watch this movie. It's worth a watch. Join us, won't you? David Cronenberg. Mind the doors. The Brood. They come from the unknown, and they're here now, hiding, waiting to strike. You can feel their presence all around you. Never before have you come this close to the edge of terror. Never before have you faced anything so strange and sinister, so bizarre and unnerving. Never until now. David Cronenberg's The Brood. Are you ready for me, Frank? I seem to be a very special person now. I'm in the middle of a strange adventure. I want to go with you wherever you go. Do you? Yes. Then look! The Brood. You can run. You can hide and hope they won't find you. But you won't escape. Once unleashed, The Brood will destroy anyone who gets in their way. David Cronenberg's ultimate experience in inner terror, starring Oliver Reed and Samantha Egar. The Brood. They're waiting. 
for you. Hey, hey, Cindy. Hey, Josh. Welcome back from The Brood. The Brood. David Cronenberg. Uh, so if, if you're listening to this episode, the mm-hmm. trailer that you just saw is the American trailer for The Brood. Right. Was cut by Joe Dante. Oh, that's a fun throwback, callback, whatever. Uh, adorable, adorable Joe Dante. Interesting. So, so what did you think of The Brood? Uh, I like this movie a lot, and it, it, may, it, it hit me in a level that I really liked what? on this viewing. What level is that? Uh, uh, child, childhood trauma level. Okay. Um, Just like last episode where we discussed kindergarten, kin- kindergarten, kinder-, kinder trauma. That was it. So what happened in this movie? Well, from what I remember, um, it is, you were right that it is the uh, 80s horror movie equivalent of Kramer versus Kramer. There's a woman who has been committed and she's at like a special new agey place to get her head right because she's a survivor of childhood abuse. And <clears throat> the place or, or the new agey place, their, their method is to get you to have your emotions like take form and you speak them. Um, however, the female lead actually physically creates these little human things with her anger. Whenever she gets a really big emotion, she gives birth to like a weird clone baby and they do her bidding. (laughs) And that's about the summary of it. What does IMDb say? Before we get into that, I just thinking of the plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, David Cronenberg? Yeah, like what made you think of this? <laughs> There's some weird. And I like this movie more than Shivers by a lot. I wonder if maybe there was a, a new agey therapeutic there, method. There is called taking... so in the movie it's called psychoplasmatics. Mm-hmm. In real life, there was something called Gestalt therapy, which is similar to this. Gestalt therapy is regression therapy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else in this room is a survivor of childhood trauma. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the IMDb synopsis, the one in the middle, the the longer one, that one that gives a little more plot detail. All right. So a man's wife is under the care of an eccentric, unconventional Ex-wife. psychologist. <laughs> Are they officially divorced? Yeah, or is because he in the they process have... of divorcing. No, they're. Di- I thought they were divorced because if See, he wanted to change the... custody, they'd have to go to court. I thought they were in the process. They were separated and they were like finalizing it. Okay. But, um, so a man's wife is under the care of an eccentric and unconventional, psycho- unconventional psychologist who uses innovative and uh, theatrical techniques to breach the psychological blocks in his patients. When their daughter comes back from a visit with her mother and is covered with bruises and welts, the father attempts to bar his wife oh, I forgot about that. from seeing the daughter, but faces resistance from the secretive psychologist, who's Oliver Reed, in a <laughs> tiny, tiny robe. In a very... He talks like this. He talks very fast. He talks very fast and very, very fast. eloquent. 
Uh, you don't understand my robe. <laughs> I don't think we can talk anymore. Meanwhile, the wife's mother and father are attacked by strangely deformed children, and the man begins to suspect a connection with the psychologist's methods. Um, this movie is fucking crazy, yeah. but good. It's like, good because it takes turns you don't expect it to take. You for sure think that the therapist is the bad guy. You for sure... I mean, right up until the last... 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, you think he's the bad guy. Also, Cindy, to be fair, it's all mm-hmm. Reed, and he's always the baddie. He's always the bad guy. Like, Talks like this. Always the bad guy. Talk he's, very fast. I wear loafers with my very tiny robe. Talk very fast. How dare you? She's at a very important There's a very... Around. There's this entire generation of actors who have slightly British accents for no reason. Uh, where they just... They were taught to talk like this. To be fair, I the tip was a of the tongue, the theater tip. major for a hot second at Marshall. Mm. Uh, mostly because I wanted to write and direct. I didn't want to be an actor. But right. I spent a whole semester getting the transatlantic dialect pounded into my head. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what this is. Well, but it's... It's not m- quite British, but it's not quite American. Right. It's very... You enunciate Winchester every single word. Had it. You could tell he was rich because he had a slight British accent. Yeah. Sir. And this, uh, Oliver Reed. Uh, and Oliver Reed. He, our, our little boy from The Curse of the Werewolf is all grown up and is wearing... Our little boy. ...shorty robes and is crazy. I think the IMDb recap is, um, a little more well-rounded than my own, but <laughs> I'm not off. So, you like, you like this movie, I right? did like this movie because it did, it was different. It was... Interesting storyline, and it was very, uh, as Arkov would say, revolutionary. I like that. Um, the uh, so it, there were some uncomfortable moments. She takes less than there were in shivers. Like at no point was I uncomfortable watching this with you. Like I was with shivers. Like there were whole segments of shivers where I was like, I think I fucked up. Why? I think oh, I because of the the bestiality and like just the full on like you know these people nonsense. were just having sex with everything and there's like young girls being attacked and I was like I think I think I may have went over a line here um, and I'm glad that you were you know okay <laughs> I think that you you were worried that you the viewer went over a line when Cronenberg was not worried at all that he is the writer and director went over the line well yeah but like I'm I know what I'm going into and I'm like okay uh, blah 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 but like. When you take someone else into that, you feel responsible for them. And if they have it triggers something or, you know, it upsets someone, you don't want to be the person that did that to them. So I had, I breathed easier watching The Brood. And I think The Brood is a better movie. It's a better made movie. Okay. this time he yeah. had... Oh, yeah, for sure. All of the student films. The quality is much higher. Shivers and Rabbit under his belt. And this was kind of his first bigger budget movie in a way. Hmm. Um... It leads into next week's movie, which we'll get to later, right. which is a bigger budget. Um, even bigger. Even budget. bigger. I but thought she, this was... I, and I were going to review it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would want... Uh, I don't know. This was... It didn't... It wasn't scary in that I, like, was scared for my life there were a few jump scares the idea of little children like things attacking me is kind of scary there were a lot of times that i just kept saying just stand up 
they're just kids. Just stand up. Just stand up. Just stand up. That, That's how I feel about Chucky too. The scene in the kitchen. It's a damn doll. The little, the little people. The first time, yes, um, when he kills the, the mother, the mom. Um, that was that freaked me out. And it was like the fifty scariest scenes of all time that made it in. Yeah. I mean, sure. it wasn't like in the top ten or anything. Because you don't at that point you don't know that they're children. It's mm-hmm. just something attacking her. And yeah, that is pretty. Yeah. There's some creepy moments in this. I think when the dad, when Art Handel goes and finds that like his stepfather has been mm-hmm. murdered, and then the little kid just runs by real fast, that got you. Yeah. He that got oh, oh yeah. shit. It did. Um, so there are like moments in this movie, and this movie is crazy. It's a little insane. This movie is so crazy. My, like, she literally gives birth to rage babies mm-hmm. who become rage toddlers who murder people who she felt has wronged them right. or wronged her. Like she has her rage toddlers murder uh, her mother because her mother was a shitty mom who hit her all the time. Right. And then murder her father because he let it happen. Her, murder the her daughter's teacher because she thinks that she's having an affair with the and is trying to steal her child right, from the her. husband, ex-husband, yeah. And then, unfortunately, as a, just a poor, innocent bystander in all this, uh, Oliver gets murdered by the, the murder toddlers. Because he's trying to do the right thing. You, go inside. I'll go upstairs. I'll go upstairs. I'll take the gun. Do whatever you do. Make her calm. Go in there. She's not calm. Go in there. Wait the murder toddlers will kill me. The and she does like there is the scene where he goes at the end and she's got their child and she's trying to spoiler alert by the way uh, he's trying to keep her calm and be like hey I love you like it's cool like explain what's going on yeah I'm sorry about all that and man. she's like explain this and like lifts up her crazy and dress that's thing. when she unveils <laughs> her like, outside womb yeah. She kind of, yeah, it's almost like in, in like an adipose kind of way, it it just kind of falls off her body, and it's very strange. And then she pulls him out of that blood sack, and... And that, then licks the... That was Samantha ah, Edwards' idea. She brought that. She was like, I want to lick them clean. It's very animalistic. And Cronenberger's like, all right. <laughs> I mean, all right, that's what you're into. want to do. That's your thing. That's your thing. Um, and the, the speaking of the murder toddlers... They were played by a local elementary school's girls' gymnastics team. Like, fifth and sixth grade really? gymnastics girls. Yeah. Cool. Or, or five and six-year-old gymnastics girls. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. That's a thing. Running around little murder toddlers. They're so creepy. Like, in the school, when they go in the classroom and get her. And they're all wearing snowsuits oh, for no reason. So spooky. Um... Yeah, my takeaway from this is um, that a woman scorned can get revenge using her feminine wiles. <laughs> Fair. I guess. I don't know. There's uh, not a lot to take away from this. It's it's way out there. I, I feel like a very easy read and a very like legitimate read in this movie people go, oh, it's about a divorce. Like, he was getting a divorce, and he was in a child custody battle, and this movie's about that, or reflects that. 
I totally see that. I totally get it. Right. However, there's another element to this movie that I picked up on this time, and it, like, stood out to me. I don't even know if it was intended, but I have always had this fear, and this is partially why I was never a parent um, of my own, like, birth children. (laughs) Okay. Which is a fear of Mm -hmm. passing your trauma onto your kids. Which is a big part of this movie, I think. Generational trauma, uh, yeah. And trust me, living in the state of West Virginia my entire life, uh, we're chock full of the old generational trauma. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching this movie, it really struck me where they're fighting, they're at each, you know, she's crazy, he's crazy, like, she's locked up in this institution, she's having murder babies, Mm-hmm. And the person who really gets hurt in the family is the child. Is her parents the generation well, yeah, before they, her? They, they die. <laughs> and her child, who she kidnaps, and then the movie ends with her daughter having the same marks that say she's going to have the same powers. Yeah. So all of the trauma that was in the gener- like her mom's generation, generational trauma, it gets passed on to her, which was not something that was ever talked about until pretty recently. As uh, someone who's been in therapy for. A lot longer than most people. I mean, but is that a read that you, <laughs> yeah, you can see? Yeah, for sure. And I don't even know if that was a thing that he meant. I don't think it. it was either, but, but it, it's definitely something you can take away from it this. It really stuck out to I me. I totally forgot about the end where she's given him that hug and she has those marks yeah. on, her, on her arm. Now, a lot, not a lot of people, but several people have said that this movie is very misogynist. Or misogynistic. Because the father's the good guy? Um, I think it's because the mom is crazy. Right. So if Cronenberg, if we take the stance that he was trying to make a movie about generational trauma, which he intentionally, I don't think he was trying to do intentionally, but if we take, if we're reading the movie that way, then it, hmm, it's easier to explain that using women than men. It's easier to explain a girl who's hurt by her mom will in turn end up hurting her daughter more than father to son and then father to Does that make sense? Yeah. Just because women are more in touch with their emotions that way and men aren't, uh, typically, especially in, when was this movie? 70-something? 79. Yeah. <laughs> especially in 79, the year of my birth. Yeah. <laughs> If you just on the take it on the surface, then yes, it is a little misogynistic, having male protagonist and he's the good guy and he white knight saves the day sort of a thing, but you can't have a. It doesn't make sense to have a man giving birth to trauma. Does that make sense? Like it doesn't. I guess it doesn't read the same. I can see that. I see where you're going with that. Um, my thing is, I think of this movie, this is the perfect example of, this is a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. This is a made-for-scares horror film. Uh-huh. This is also, like, a intensely personal movie. Like, there is so much of David Cronenberg and his family and his relationship in really? this movie. That watching it, you're like, oh. Like, so maybe he was intentionally making something about trauma. He was, like, very very frustrated with the way his divorce went and with the way his and this movie is I mean obviously his ex-wife wasn't 
giving birth to murder toddlers that were killing his family and her family. But was he but, trying to say, like, nobody's listening to the father sort of a thing? I think his whole thing was, like, I, I'm stable and she is not, yet we're constantly entertaining her. And in this scenario, like, not in all scenarios, but in this specific our dynamic scenario, like, I have the kid should be with me. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, uh, it divorce is a, yeah. It's a it's, tricky. It's a tricky subject. I'm been, hesitant to say. I've been knee deep in divorce lol all day. <laughs> uh, that is true. That is real. I've been at the state capitol all day for the domestic violence state of the legislature talking about a stupid law someone's trying to pass that would make custody automatically 50-50 in the state of West Virginia. It already is. Um, but like the default, like a family court judge couldn't look at a family's history and decide, I think the kid would be better off with this parent or that parent. Hmm. They would, they would be, their hands would be tied to 50-50. Oh yeah. Um, right now it's 50-50 unless you can prove otherwise. And that's fucking dumb. Um, the idea of like a judge not being able to go, well, you've been in my court several times and you've had a lot of run-ins with CPS and you are violently abusive. No, they, they don't have the power to do that unless the, the person could prove that their uh, spouse was violent and a domestic abuser, which creates a whole separate problem. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Divorce so, is a heavy um, fucking subject. And I get it. And this movie hit me in the, I won't say the feels, it didn't make me cry. It didn't like, but as I was watching it, I was like, there's a lot going on in this movie. There's a lot of David Cronenberg in this movie. There's a lot of his life in this movie. And I think there's a lot of his fears in this. Like like I said, I'm, I'm terrified that I would have had a kid and then just everything that I'm fucked up with, I would just Pass wrap on it up to in it. a bow and hand it to them and be like, welcome to the world. You're now as fucked up as me. Hmm. Is that a normal fear? Do like, yeah. people have that? Yeah, for sure. Um... <laughs> I had. Did I sound like a crazy? No, like I, I had some. Holy fuck! I I was in a loving, caring uh, marriage when I had my two children, and I had horrible fears of having girls because the record is not good for mother-daughter relationships in my lineage. It's always very strained and awkward, and. I was worried about that for sure. It was a real fear. Yeah, we don't talk about that enough in society, I don't think. We don't we don't express our fears of like I'm fucked up and I'm afraid of making other smaller fucked up versions of me. Hmm. And I think that's what this movie's ultimately about. Yeah. Well, but he already had children by then. Yeah. One or two. I definitely I think Brandon. My son Brandon. Who's also a filmmaker. Who's made a couple good movies. I think he was from the first marriage. I don't know. So You're weird. the one I'd go to on that. <laughs> Weirdly. I know a lot. I knew too much about David Cronenberg. Perhaps um, you do. Maybe. 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 Maybe, baby. <laughs> so what are some of the... <sighs> do you want to Arkov it? Yeah. Let's talk about the Arkov formula. So going with Samuels the Arkov's method of using his name to create a good exploitation film... Uh, let's compare it against that. So, Arkov A is action. The movie starts out a little slow. The first little bit is like explaining what What is the name of the therapy again? 
Psychoplasmatics. Yeah, it takes a little bit kind of explaining that because you do need you need that in order to understand how she becomes the manifestation of that. But you don't know going into it. You're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And there's definitely action. There's like sequences. There's violence. There's, oh, yeah. But it takes... Violence. You have to ramp up to it in this yeah, one. But I, I feel it's the more assured filmmaker part. Like when he made Shivers, it's his first actual getting paid to make a movie movie. So he wanted to follow... So he was just throwing a lot of shit at the wall... To try to keep people's attention. Like, oh, there's boobs. Oh, there's violence. Oh, there's boobs. Oh, this is happening. Like, oh, there's violence. Oh, there's then, boobs. Oh, there's violence. And like there's I said, boobs. like... Oh, there's violence. Oh, there's boobs. <laughs> Which is essentially the summary of Shivers. He makes his um, student films, his early stuff, and then Shivers is his first, like, feature film, technically, and then Rabbids is second, and this is his third. This feels like the first David Cronenberg, David Cronenberg movie. Like I said, Howard What Shore, will become like his signature type this, way of doing things? The Brood is the first... It really feels like if you know his... Like especially his 80s movies, The Brood is the movie where it feels like, oh shit, there he is. There's David Cronenberg. Like he really steps into his groove with this movie. Okay. That would carry through like The Fly and Dead Ringers. And next week's movie, which we'll get to later. Um, our revolutionary sure I even use that word to describe can, it can you think of any other movie where someone is giving birth, birth to their rage psychological manifestations of their rage in the form of murder toddlers anyone mm, no anyone <laughs> I don't think I can yeah this movie <laughs> And the uh, thing is, like, the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, I'm like, I really liked it. <laughs> I legitimately liked it. Okay, K is killing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty violent deaths. There's okay. small people stabbing away at people or hammering away at people, uh, hey. depending on who you are. Hey, Cindy. Yeah. Murder toddler. Murder toddler. Murder toddlers beat people. They bludgeon a lot of people to death. With movie. a hammer. A yeah. toy hammer at that. Uh, oh, oratory? Yes, there's a lot of lines that are. I all of their lines, or if it's. I feel like just the way they talk. I feel like we are. All of our read impressions are going to become a norm in this house. A lot of like Cindy. Go yes. to the kitchen. Let's go to the kitchen. Go to the kitchen. Yes, it's good. It's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. I don't know if yeah. So does oratory work if it's just the way that the guy I'll, talks? I'll allow it because I've had so much fun doing that voice. All right. <laughs> what about uh, fantasy and fornication? Uh, check and check. Mm-hmm. Most of the talk of the uh, I keep wanting to say toxoplasmosis, and I know that's totally wrong. Psychoplasmatics. <laughs> Psychoplasmatics. Um, obviously is rooted. There's kind of sexual things in that. And um, I don't know. Other than that, what else is kind of fornication? I don't know. What about? It, this movie is weirdly super intimate in a way without being nudity. Right? right. There's no like nude scene. There's no sex scene. But there are moments in this movie that are incredibly like emotionally intimate especially people talking about like what's going on their trauma yeah like there's a lot of that 
Yeah. There's not a lot of, like, gratuitous nudity or anything like that. Um, the closest we get is uh, Samantha Egger at the end is that weird, like, dress that turns into wings mm-hmm. that she's wearing. Yes. I think it's fucking awesome, by the way. What, what <laughs> is that even? That's it's like, like a um, like a penoir set. She's like, you mean this? Yeah, it's like a, it is. It's like a little, it's like, I think that's how that word's pronounced, a penoir. Crazy. They're like long, like the wife from the Righteous Gemstones, nightgowns, and then there's a little matching cape type yeah. robe. Uh... Do we like this movie? I like this movie. I like this movie a lot, actually. I don't know if I would watch it again, though. I don't know. Like, part of the fun of it was not knowing what the hell was going on. I'd watch it again right now. Okay. (laughs) Would you watch it with the 14-year-old? No. And not because of any of the content. I don't think he would give a shit. I think you'd be like, hey, man, there's like a lot of depth and blah. And he's like, nah, I don't care (laughs) we're we're solidly in like battle royale territory with him like he likes a lot of things happening very fast yes to keep his attention Mm -hmm. so the idea of this movie which is structured like a thriller well yeah like we said where it slowly moves right you have to build oh i don't think he would hold tight for that yeah i don't think either your kids and again i don't think it's necessarily inappropriate for them to watch. I just don't think they could pay attention. Yeah, I just don't think they give a crap. Right, like... Yeah. It is what it is. If this is a very These adult movie. With- well, it's also... You know, even the 14-year-old, like, they don't understand, thankfully, trauma. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, unless you done fucked up real bad. Yeah. Like, the... the like. Their father and I talk about, like, oh, the trauma of our divorce. However, the fact that he and I talk about that, we had a real amicable, like, no big deal sort of a thing. So it wasn't even traumatic to them. It just kind of was. They had a shotgun shotgun divorce. (laughs) They just ran off for a day and got divorced and came back. And then we're like, we're done. Yeah, actually, we took pictures of our divorce so that we could scrapbook them into the last page of our wedding album. I never did, but... I don't know if that's adorable or sad. I think it was just we got married way too young. You know what I mean? And when you're young, you're just like headstrong and cocksure. Uh, and you're just like, we got this. We know what we're doing. And everyone around us is like, uh, okay. And in my um, in my family's world, being married was more important than kind of anything else. My mm-hmm. sister and I were both married really young. My mom was married really young. Um it was it, it was a much bigger deal that I got married than I graduated from college. I I understand that from the outside looking in. That mm-hmm. has not been my life experience at all. Gotcha. Um, my, you understand that's my, how it happens sometimes. My family, for better or for worse, um, and I love my, my parents a lot, and they may have gone too far in the opposite direction because they got three uh, 30-something-year-old boys <laughs> who still act like they're 13, who have never been married, have no children, collect toys. Uh, one of them is married, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. They think I'm married. <laughs> Watch it. But I mean, it's like, we're all like... Just Peter, kids. Peter panning it a little bit. Like, not like we're refusing to grow up. We just... It's fun. We're still having fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're still so, having fun. So still when, I, the when dream. I see people and they're like, you know, oh, so... 
you know, my parents made me, you know, they kicked me out when I was 18, and I was like, I had to get married, and I was in the military, I'm just like, I bought a Conan toy. <laughs> I wish, I don't, not I wish, I'm perfectly happy with how things happen. I collect, I collect horror movies. I think we both kind of just agree that September 11th, we got married Should because... Should never have happened. We got married because of September 11th. That sounds so weird to say, being white Americans. They thought that they could stop the... They thought they could stop the attacks if they got married. It's true. They went back in time. It was the whole thing. It didn't work it out. It didn't work but, out, but man, we sure did try. We gave the old college try. You know, a lot of important things happened on September 11th. <laughs> um, you got married, apparently. No, it was it the, because the of, impetus. Um, right. We were engaged that... Friend of the podcast and personal bestie, uh, Kate, Kate Ross, who was married to my friend Joel, Mm -hmm. her birthday September 11th. That's a bummer, right? Was it her 21st birthday? Uh, No, she's a couple, no, no, she's a couple years older than me, so it wouldn't be her 21st, maybe like 23rd, maybe. Okay. Um, Brian De Palma's birthday is September 11th. Oh, man. And then uh, there was something else that happened that day. Um, there was something else that happened. Let me think. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, I, so we would not watch this with the kids. I would not watch it again. You would. Is that what we're... I think that's kind of where we're, we're landing on this. Okay. Are there any noteworthy or benchable things from this movie? I mean, I kind of talked about them already. Okay. I didn't know if there was like, oh, here's some other rando trivia. <laughs> oh, um, this movie got Oliver Reed arrested. Why? For wearing a very small robe with nothing under it in public? Close. After shooting one night, they were at the bar, and he was super drunk, and there was another bar like half a mile down the road, and it's Canada in the wintertime, and he bet someone, I bet I can walk from this bar (laughs) to that bar naked. Oh, I knew this was happening. And they were like, deal, bet taken, and he did it, and the cops arrested him. They're like, the fuck are you doing? Why are you naked? Because Oliver Reed. Because I'm Oliver Reed. Madman. I get to be in my small bathrobe in my office. <laughs> I'm walking naked. I'm walking naked. What's I'm next week's episode? Walking naked. Week three of Cronenberg? Scanners. 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 Shivers. Scanners. Scanners. Um, this might be one of this or the last movie we're watching might be the least horror on paper. Scanners is not um, horror? It's more sci-fi than horror, but there are horror elements. Alright. It's his big breakthrough. So, we go, you know, Tiny Shivers, uh, Rabbit, he made with a porn star, and then this movie gets him some notoriety and claim, like, oh, shit. And then he does Scanners, and Scanners is what made America be like, fuck David Cronenberg, hi. Okay. Um, so, yeah. This is a big American. When did record. Scanners come out? Was that an eighties movie? Nineteen hundred and eighty-one. Ooh. The same year as Escape from New York, because in the eighties, I judge, love that you pulled that right from the top of your head. All time by what when John Carpenter movies came out. Um, so nineteen eighty-one, right. Escape from New York. Nineteen eighty-two, The Thing. Well, that's the thing. Eighty-three, Christine. Join us tomorrow. <laughs> Not tomorrow. Join us next week. <laughs> For scanners, and until then, I'm Josh, and I'm Cindy, and I'm still his girlfriend, and I still tell time yearly by John Carpenter movies. Yay!